What is going on, folks? My name is Barely Allen, and welcome to another episode of Barely Allen's Comic Book Cove. This is going to be another one of our watch-along episodes where we put on a movie, we sit here and we watch it together, and you guys listen to me talk about it. And, you know, if you have things to say about it, too, hopefully you say it in the comments. Tell me things. Find me on Facebook. Yell at me about my opinions. I'm cool with it. I'm here for it. Um, we are watching Captain America, the first Avenger now. Uh, we are making our way through phase one. We've got one more movie left in phase one to do. Um, and that is the Avengers. And I'm potentially recording that one tonight, as well as my next episode of the regular podcast tonight. Just so I am kind of caught up and then I can chill out tomorrow and just do one thing and have a regular day like a regular person. Anyways, so I am on Disney Plus and I have the Captain America The First Avenger page pulled up. I'm going to open the movie. I'm going to pause it right away and we're going to get our timing right. So I'm paused all the way back. Alright, I am at zero seconds and I have a black screen. And we are going to get going here in five, four, three, two, one, play. Okay. Captain America, the first Avenger. Very good movie. Kind of the late hero to be introduced for phase one. But I feel like he's also the one that kind of needed the least amount of introduction out of him. Because everyone knows Captain America. It's like how they didn't need to introduce Spider-Man that heavily before he showed up in Civil War. They're like, everyone fucking knows Spider-Man. Fun personal fact, um, me and Papa Alan, me and my dad, went to go see this one in the theater um, together. He's a big Captain America fan, as I said in the last movie, watch along track. And we're sitting there. We got into the theater, like, as the... Uh, trailer finished and we're seeing as the last trailer finished and we're like I think we might be in the wrong movie because of the way that the trailers are presented showing it being old Captain America and we look legit like I think we're in the wrong movie And as we were thinking that, we were actually starting to gather our things to get up to go find the right movie theater. And as we're grabbing our stuff, we see this laser and we're like, yeah, this definitely ain't our movie. And we get up and then we start to see something where we're like, okay, well, wait, hold on. Give it a sec. And we sit back down and... Lo and behold, obviously, 
this is Captain America. But that was our, uh, that was our mislead when we first started, or when we first went to go see the movie. You know, you get a good three and a half minutes in with not knowing the tie-in and going to see it in the movie theater and knowing that it's supposed to be about Captain America during World War II, then you're a little thrown off. Let's see. Show me that shield. Oh. Oh, wow. 3.30 is the exact time that we actually saw the shield. That's funny. That was a pretty good guess from where it was. Mm. This place in Norway we did see in Thor as being decimated because it's the connection of kind of everything and the Tesseract, which we saw in Thor, and we know how it connects even further, but such beautiful architecture in this building just to be destroyed. Every part of this building is fucking beautiful. And this car, that is awesome. An awesome car. And the Hydra HUD ornament looks so neat. And that's definitely something I want for a car in the future, actually. I've had a green arrow and a flash, but I haven't had the Hydra. Skull, such a good villain. Hugo Weaving plays him so well, and when he is revisited by whoever plays him in Infinity War and Endgame, does a very good job at recreating him. This is another movie that is so fantastic. All these movies are so fantastically cast. First display of Johann Schmidt slash Red Skull's exterior extreme strength.
Dastardly. Just manipulating him so well. Oh man, and this. This carving of Yggdrasil is beautiful and a different interpretation from what we saw on in Thor. It's funny how they perceive it as Asgardians and how we perceive it as humans with it being something that's steeped in lore. You know? Steeped in lore is probably like one of my favorite phrases recently, as you can't tell. Thought of it for something and I was just like, I love it. Steeped in lore. Oh, shit. Yet another interaction with an Infinity Stone. Well, actually, the first interaction with an Infinity Stone beyond that end credit scene. Because um, Thor himself doesn't interact with one until next movie. The next Thor movie. So this is every... This is the first interaction with the first infinity stone such heart I know they did their best for trying to make him look smaller and they did because he looks amazing as a puny little guy for the CGI stuff but his facial features are just a little too big they didn't scale him down properly in this scene. They do it better in other ones. But in this one, just like, his eyes are like half the size of his fucking head. Poor guy. You see how this draft is going on and they're taking people who don't want to go. And you want to go so bad and they won't let you go. I love his sense of obligation. To always protecting people and doing the right thing. Getting his ass whooped. And here we have our first obvious foreshadowing of the shield that he is going to bear when he becomes who he is. And they do it again. They just like keeps alerting to it. And I can do this all day. A line that we have grown to know and love from Captain Steve Rogers. 
and Sebastian Stan. So, fucking Sebastian Stan and Chris Evans are like the same height. They are very close in height. So, they make him look smaller here, and they make him look taller when he's Captain America. It's fun pulling it off. I like how they talk about Jersey, being from Jersey is an insult. It's true to that New York character that they are. Sebastian Stan plays Bucky Bards so well. I am over the moon excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier. I've been wanting that show for a while. And now knowing that Falcon has assumed the mantle of Captain America, it's going to be a way better show. Because those two have such good contention towards each other. Whereas they're not good friends. They're just both good friends of Steve. Modern Marvel's Pavilion. Seems like a precursor to the Stark Expo. And probably not as bad of a logistical nightmare as being a year long... So when did Howard eventually scrap this idea that is behind him? Because he says it's a few years away, and we've never seen a flying car in the Marvel Universe. We've seen spaceships, but he's never done that. He's never, like, made a flying car. Maybe this is kind of the precursor to the arc reactor and the thrusters maybe that's what they're in desi they're designed for is uh that and instead it ends up being a precursor to the iron man suit that's my little bit of headcanon for it i don't think we've ever officially gotten an answer but that's my little bit of headcanon see his facial features don't look too big there so it's just that beginning scene that it's a little rough r rough with i think Oh, man. Poor Steve. I've always been the opposite. I've always been too big, so I can't relate to it. But I can I can relate to not being the right size and being cast aside because of it. Um, so I think there's... Parts of Captain America that everyone can relate to in that sense. And everyone feeling this sense of duty about one thing or another, you know, like everyone has their calling that they feel like they're meant to do. And his meant to do is protect people because that's what his family's done. That's what everyone he's ever known has done. Mm. 
such a such a good scene and you feel the pressure in this scene like you're you're worried for Steve you're like oh shit it's about to happen it's going off and the focus on the things around him he's like shit I'm busted I've done too many enlistments now now there's an MP officer. Mm. Stanley Tucci. Fantastic actor and a great cast as Dr. Erskine. Erskine, sorry. They call him Erskine later on. So this was the most recent in my head. Because I pre-watched this one earlier today. And I'm going to see if that leads to better conversation about it. As opposed to notes ahead of time. Because I feel like the notes ahead of time or the fun facts gets a little too scripted. And it doesn't flow properly. Do you want to kill Nazis? <laughs> See, there's the fish features looking a little small again. But there's that altruism and definitely what makes him worthy of holding Mjolnir because he's always seen himself as someone who's should be doing the right thing. Ah, 1A. That is the farthest classification from what he would have ever gotten stamped beforehand. Like the obligation to duty that carries true in this. And we definitely see it a lot in Steve. Such a high-tech hydra base in the side of a mountain. Like, this is... For World War Two, I mean, the hexagonal patterns, this looks like the inside of the fucking TARDIS, not a World War Two fucking Nazi bunker. Hmm. <laughs> The idea of an infinity stone corrupted by man in any way is such a terrifying thing. And 
Dr. Zola calls it off way better than Stark does later on when they're doing uh, the, you know, the evolution of Steve. But, like, fucking weapons powered by the Infinity Stone, and Infinity Stone is a power source for a man-made weapon. For someone who is um, the potential of an Infinity Stone being perversed in that way and the thought of it going to such a worthless cause as uh you know a subset of the nazis that are supposed to discover how adolf hitler can win the war you know it's just i love how she commands the scene showing up in there she's just like the ultimate badass. Haley Atwell, absolutely fantastic. Commands the scene and commands the army. <laughs> and Tommy Lee Jones is the old grizzled militaristic gentleman with that side of humor and sarcasm. Him and Stanley Tucci interacting is like potentially the best chemistry in the movie. <laughs> See, fish feature's not too big there. <laughs> Poor Rogers. <laughs> Alright, so I got some issue with this scene and I'm going to talk about it as it comes out but I got issue Agent Carter <laughs> I love Hodge as this obvious favorite. Right. So anything he does can't be valid after he says to fall in because he's disobeying an order. And he just let that flag touch the ground. Granted, it is not the American flag, but it is still a flag. And it is the flag of the camp that they are a part of. And it is not being treated with the proper respect. So that'd be certain, for, for certain, 
uh, disciplinary action for disobeying a direct order and more so for disrespecting the flag of the of their military camp. I really wish that when Steve would when Steve ended up picking his team later on, that he would have picked Hodge, because I feel like that would have been a really good ending to that little to their competition. <laughs> I just love their chemistry so much. I kind of let them shine through. Uh... There's that altruism of his always willing to do the right thing. <laughs> this is Stanley Ducci's face. <laughs> and Tommy Lee Jones' contention for Rogers. Okay, he's not doing nothing other than reading. Like, he's all about the reading. Maybe everyone else is already gone because he's already been picked. make noise on my end for a second so I'm gonna mute my microphone but let him keep talking because this scene needs to be allowed to carry through anyways so bear with me
All right. Well, thank you for your patience there. Absolutely fantastic uh, speech on uh, on behalf of Stanley Tucci. And he is good at exposing. It's very expository, but not devoid of emotion. Like, you still feel his pain about what he has been a party to. And that's his Green Mile meal. That's his last meal. That's his schnapps. Sadly. Oof, so much red. That painter looks fucking terrified. I love. Dr. Zola's pinstripe jacket and his bow tie. The painter knew that Dr. Zola held his fate in his hands. Altruism again, shining through. He's not even thinking about her thinking about him that way. And she kind of falls for him in this moment. She's about him. She is feeling what he's all about. (laughs) 
This antique store is perfect too because it looks so lived in. It makes it fantastic. One moment, I'm going to go grab my beverage. All right, my apologies there. <laughs> Flashing in his face right away. Poor Steve. Didn't even call him Senator What's-His-Name that time. <laughs> but for real, somebody get that kid a sandwich for afterwards because he's going to be so tired. He hasn't been able to eat anything. <laughs> Howard Stark is so fantastically cast for young Howard Stark. Because he is shades of Tony. And his inclusion in Agent Carter was really good. What bad planning to just have one left and have it out with that. Like, that shit stays in your safe. That no one else can get into. We're, we're putting a lot of questionable needles into your body. You need the penicillin first. God, that is so much liquid being put into your body. 
to be shot into your fucking muscles like that. That's rough. And here we go, the Vita Rays. I feel like as a vegan, that's something that I want in my life. Some, uh, some rays that'll just give me all the vitamins that I need. Especially as someone who likes to intermittently fast. <laughs> I love that Kryptonian pod looking fucking thing that he's in. But this is the painful part is the Vita Rays because it's saturating his cells for growth. So, like, it seems a little hokey that the Vita Rays are what's making him hurt, but it's because of, uh, because of his body stretching, essentially. I want to know what he would have looked like at 70% if we stopped him. How, would he have been like just a normal sized person? Would he have randomly sized parts? So we need to see. Would have been fantastic if he just like busted out of that thing because he was too big for it. I don't know how Dr. Erskine didn't have um, like a backup of that anywhere or even written of it anywhere. Steve says, I did it, and Erskine says, we did it, and then Stark says, you did it. So funny how everyone's got her thing. I'm pretty sure that her touch like that, her reaching out to touch him, was improvised. Pretty sure that wasn't a scripted thing, that was just her reacting. I don't like those, though it turns out when I see those scenes of people like so beefed up and everything because they are so dehydrated. Wish we would have gotten more Stanley Tucci. Here we go, an action-packed scene at 38 minutes in. Pretty good uh, timing. It's just the hope of mine that when Steve went back in Endgame, it's one of the things that he corrected, that he went back and he saved Dr. Erskine. That woman looked like Aunt May.
Oh. It might be. Hold on. It is not. She really looks like Aunt May, though. Legitimately. Like, she looks like Aunt May in this picture of her on IMDb. Hmm. Aunt May looking ass. This is such a good scene because we have him being used to being a hero and being used to being like this and he's fucking outrunning a car at certain points here that's got to be going like 40 miles an hour in certain stretches like here he's got to be going like 40 and he's matching speed with them then catches up when he hits <clears throat> when he hits traffic obviously but still Such a good scene. Absolutely love him not knowing what to do and just like hanging onto this car, but still like so instinctually doing some things as well. Bet you can't guess what that car door is going to be used for. Oh. Yet another illusion of his shield, and that one even had a star in the middle of it. Like. We're getting pretty obvious with it. There's his fantastic instincts again, like, his first thing isn't to go chasing after the bad guys to make sure that kid's okay. And that kid's like, uh, yeah, dude, I fucking got it. I can swim, jackass. Such a cool, like, sub-ship thing. Super spy-worthy. I love the high-tech things that they have that, uh, you wouldn't necessarily expect to see in 1940s media. Or, you know, you wouldn't expect that to be a... You, you wouldn't expect to see this in anything about World War II. Anything in the World War II era. Just that final, that moment where you're just like, wow, people are afraid of me. I've been afraid of other people. I mean, I still fight them, but this guy was afraid of me. 
He even took a kid hostage and tried to shoot me just to try to get the edge over me. Jesus. A whole year of not get, not providing them with anything. Knuck and futz. So snotty towards them. I feel like this is such a waste of infinity stone magic. And, okay, I understand that for the show of its power. But, and for the importance of, and for the importance of Hydra moving forward. Um, but he gets even more frivolous with it in which he just like shoots one straggler with an infinity bullet. Such a wicked call to action. Oh, 
Tommy Lee Jones. Manipulates the fuck out of him. Takes advantage of his... Of his thought process. Like, he he just, like, takes advantage of him wanting to help better. Yeah, okay. <laughs> He's still so good at acting that his bad at acting is still pretty good at acting. <laughs> Chris Evans. <clears throat> <laughs> Fucking amateurs. Some USO girls, man talent, the walking through each other like that, I always think it's so neat. <laughs> Such a good montage. I love this montage. And the tie-in of comic books. So good. I enjoy when they're able to tie in things like that with it. And and for him, it's not about the notoriety. He doesn't want the notoriety. It's why he's sitting there slouched down while watching it, smiling still and enjoying it. But, oh, that was... uh. That's Peter Quill's mom. She got around. <laughs> Worst call for him to be performing for these guys. <laughs> Such good heckling. <laughs> I already volunteered. What do you think I got here? <laughs> 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 
Makes sense that Hodge was there. And that he's getting roasted there. Seeing that he was contributing to it. He probably got it started. <laughs> I love him having his artistic ability and I wish that's something that they expounded on more in future movies and stuff for something to help him try to get through stuff. You've heard your call to action, man. She's literally slapping you in your face with your call to action. His face. I wish someone had given him a chance beforehand. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, you do it, Steve.
yet again, I'm going to let the thing keep playing while I make some noise in the background. So, uh, turn up the movie and enjoy and listen to the tension in this scene. You know, I'm just going to talk over the torch while it finishes here. But this is potentially, uh, like one of the greatest action scenes of Captain Rogers, especially because he doesn't have everything behind him and he still, like, destabilizes this entire Hydra base and ends up sending Red Skull running. Granted, he has the assistance of the Howling Commandos that he releases, who aren't quite the Howling Commandos yet, but are fighting alongside him nonetheless. Alright. While my mic was turned down, I threw on pajama pants and slippers. Mm. 
soft. <laughs> Comfort. There is so much action in this movie. We are not even officially halfway through yet. There's still an hour and five minutes left of this movie. And... It... If... This moment feels like it should be the final fight as you're going through it and everything... And they return after everything's done here. Feels like it should be the end. And we still got so much more story behind it. Neil McDonough as Fritz, Kenneth Choi. We have some really good uh, people in this movie. Knocked out Adolf Hitler over 200 times. I love that they are able to utilize these Infinity Stone weapons back at them. These Howling Commandos. So good. This is Wahoo there, and that is the calling card of the Howling Commandos. With a, with a prop shield and a prop helmet taking down this whole fucking place.
Ooh, buddy. brainwashed not even the winter soldier yet Just glanced, memorized the whole map. I wonder if any part of that serum enhanced his intelligence. those switches that he flipped. I like them staggered because, you know, it's not like he flipped all three of them at the same time. He went one, next, next. An improvement because his face doesn't fall off. Seem like it feels like we're hitting. It feels like this is a final battle, you know? <laughs> Absolutely love any part where Red Skull is monologuing. Because he's so consumed with power. So listening to him basically justify why he's right to be consumed with power. Mm, good stuff. <laughs> He's weaselly enough to make it. He's got it.
Ah, oh, man. Such a car. Be very nice to be given control of that. Or that plane. That's such a neat design for the plane with the propellers in the middle of the body like that. Get there, Bucky. There you go. And he made it. Good on Bucky. Uh, Time-wise, we're at 108.25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. Just so we're all on the same page there. Realize I haven't done the runtime in a while. And that's the sad part about Steve Rogers is he had no family to contact anyways. His parents were dead and it sounds like he is an only child. So who he lost when he was gone was her, and that's who he lost. And just the world that he knew, but he lost her, and that's all that he lost. And his howling commanders. <sighs> but still. Such an epic return. All of them arriving. Been through hell and back. in as one person rescued everyone so good
It wasn't even broken. He just had a... He shot it on the way there. <laughs> the message from this is don't respect when someone gives you an award from this movie and from Iron Man 2 when they had the guy that they hate do it. Basically, it's just a formality and don't care about it. That's the message that Marvel wants you to take away. Howling Commandos have been formed. Absolutely love all of them. They are great supporting characters that you want to know more about. But even with what you know about them, they're fantastic. <laughs> Captain America <laughs> I like how he's got this formal outfit and he's he still wants his Captain America digs. <laughs> Haley Atwell. There's this meme that's around of her in some pinup style photos. It's like, ah, the, and like the text with it is like, ah, now I know why Steve went back. Shade thrown by Captain Rogers himself. The best kind that there is. 
<laughs> and this is why you don't fuck with infinity stones. This is a cautionary tale for everybody. Let's say 400 prisoners liberated. That's insane. 400. But it was very much a team effort. Like, he led the charge going into there, but they helped him get out of there. Steve swept up with uh, just being desired for once. Mm. Poor Steve. Such a little playboy. Definitely shades of Tony. Plays the character so well. Fucking pissed. <laughs> mm. I love this design. A little darker to fit with the in the modern age of superheroes. I just love it. Those dull kind of muted colors. Makes it seem like he's been wearing it for a while. Which that may, may very well be why we see it that way. I mean, he's already got marks on his shield when we see him entering that first building. 
So. Don't have to be Captain America to win. Oh, and Tommy Lee Jones is like, I know that he likes you. Love how much they rely on every part of that team to get something done, you know? Like... Bucky's sitting there covering everyone's ass being a sniper in that one instance and just they're all very versatile at what they can do. And yeah, Captain America's the big gun, but you still need the other people to do stuff too. <laughs> Poor Dr. Zola. Such a waste of an infinity bullet. That's the frivolous waste I was talking about earlier. <laughs> Fucking Steve. Steve and Bucky's chemistry is done so well, too. Better get moving, Bugs. Such a cool mission. Like very spy-esque. Love the way this is pulled off. Silently taken on the train. Or so they thought.
I just love how apt everyone else is in addition to Steve because it makes it so Steve isn't everything that's relied on. Because that can make for lazy storytelling. That is not the case here. Oh, come on, Steve. You can save your best friend. You, you, you got it, man. You got it, man. Oh. Yeah, no, you did not get it, man. It's okay, though. I know a secret, and he's, he's gonna be back. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Dr. Zola just being greasy, trying to get out of everything. That's what he's about. Plead your way out of here. <laughs> I love this uh, clash of the two of them too because they play very well off of each other Yep. Oh, and singing like a canary. That's all it took. 
How do you stop a crazy guy like that? What kind of hope do you have against him? He had no other faces made up just to like, just as a just in case, because it's got to be a little unsettling, that red ass face. Here we go, some more Agent Carter here. Doing what she does best. the truest tragedy. This is that effect you don't get told about beforehand. Do it. Get him. Definite supervillain territory. <laughs> Very Endor-esque in this uh, forest. 
some fantastic fighting from Captain America. And just this very street style type of fighting. Which, you know, he didn't learn new fighting for his role. Like he. Or for his. Super soldier adaptations, which he could be lethal if he learned other styles of fighting, but he just kind of has that street boxing fighting style. Such good contention in the scene between both of them. From the words coming out of his mouth to the look on Roger's face. It just wasn't you. <laughs> I can do this all day. Just keeps coming back. Over and over and over again. I love these things that keep persisting throughout the movies. That we see more and more and more of. <laughs> and them howling commandos working together with them. <laughs> Such an epic fight scene. Can't get enough. Oh. These explosions don't look hokey. Well, that is sometimes a thing. Um, in this kind of uh, media. Cut off one head, more will. Uh, two, cut off one head, two more will show up. I like Tommy Jones playing on that just right away. Just like, let's go find two more.
These ships seem more appropriate of the time than the bases do. Now, trying to outrun a plane. He's close. You got this, Steve. Here we go, Steve. Here we go. Ch -ch. Um, planting one on him. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones, just so perfect in his role. I wish we had more of him in that role. S trying to start up a whole other super soldier program that doesn't work out. And then he starts, you know, like, trying to follow, um... Tries to follow in Dr. Erskine's footsteps, but, like... All these people are just horrible picks, and he ends up like kind of dissolving the program, but it wouldn't have worked anyways because some of the serums were the right way. So that's uh, my thoughts. Oof. I like that they're labeled for the city that they're going for. Sorry. Just so people don't send a little bomb to <laughs> fucking big ass city or something. I like it that they're labeled. For the organized villain. Steve's dedication. 
chasing him around like crazy. Steve Rogers, fucking the army's every man. My phone is super hot, so I'm taking it out of the case, so it cools down a bit. Oop. My audio lag for a second. I'm at 54, 55, 56, 57. My apologies. There's so much. <sighs> There's so much action in this movie, which makes it even more fitting for being a war film and set in World War II. Because, I mean, it is just like nonstop fighting in this movie. Like, even that one fight where I'm like, doesn't this feel like this should be the end of the movie? There's two fights and a fighting montage after that still. Like, there's so much. And I think that's why I like the second Captain America movie more so than this one. Because the second one... It doesn't matter how strong he is, because that's not going to be what wins him that fight. It's going to be how smartly they all play it together. And Faith, which Steve Rogers is usually really good at. But if someone gives him a really good reason to cast out on his Faith, he'll, he'll be conflicted. <sighs> Touch of the Tesseract, that's a big no-no. Man, gone forever until Infinity War. Well, I guess actually, technically, Hugo Weaving is gone forever. That Tesseract's gone. Not exactly the thing you want uh, falling into the hands of man. <laughs> she like didn't even care.
Oh man. One of the hardest decisions and this is where the self-actualization doubt comes in for Captain America and this is why he couldn't just lift the hammer right away in Age of Ultron is because he feels like he still let everyone down by losing Peggy by leaving the world that he knows behind and he feels like he unwittingly turned his back on them. So that part of his self-actualization rings true to why he can't lift the hammer, but why he's eventually able to. Because he is a very worthy person. He always has been. He has altruistic values through and through. He just wants to help people. Even as a little person defending that woman. Haley Atwell. So good in this scene. And what a world to be. Like... He's going out thinking that he made this sacrifice and he's made his peace with dying. So being thought out afterwards would be such a shock anyways. Like, couldn't even imagine. Tommy Lee Jones there for the birth of him, there for the death of him. Same with uh, Agent Carter. Could have ejected beforehand. There's got to be some way in that ship to do it. Get it pointed the right way. You got you got straps strapped down the strapped down the steering wheel. Strap it forward so it's just pointed straight down. Get out of there. There's there's ways that he could have made it out, but that's not how you get the great redemption arc. snap found the tesseract and Howard Stark dedicated to finding Captain America knows that he's the hope that the world needs and if he could see Tony as Iron Man he would have been so proud of him because he absolutely loves the hero's drive to do what's necessary and seeing his technology used in a way that helps people buy his son more, you know, even more so. It's just uh, so good, so well done.
Oh. Got the picture of skinny him. Because it's the him he, that she wants to remember. She doesn't care about him. I, I love the impact that we see. The cultural impact of Captain America. There's definitely something fun in those movies that I feel like needs to be included more as the cultural impacts. And here we go. Hats off to S.H.I.E.L.D. to doing the least amount of research for potentially one of their most important things that they'll ever have to engage in, which is trying to convince Steve that he's not in the future. Like, they have an exact date of when he went missing. They could have found a, a game that he didn't get go to. Like how everything looks like it's a little grayed down too. <laughs> like two and a half, three years before he disappeared. And like hardly any. Why not make something that's a little bit more containing for him? At least make it concrete so he's got to do work if he's going to break through it that easily. Mm. Such a bad place for him to wake up at, too. Like, at least put him out in the middle of nowhere. Like, don't put him in the middle of New York. And something that he can easily break out of with the wrong kind of transmission. Joss Whedon did some minor rewrites on this script to make it work into tying into the Avengers, which is the next film that comes in after this. Almost 70 years. Homemade cryogenic freezing. <laughs> You're gonna be okay. Yeah, it's 2011, man. You're gonna be good. Oh, man. And such a good uh, title sequence here at the end. Probably didn't take 18 months to do like fucking uh, Thor did. But done so beautifully still. 
and so fitting for the film. These Uncle Sam images are so good. Um, really good movie. Enjoy. I enjoy wartime movies to an extent. And this had just like the right formula for it for me to be very intrigued the whole time. Uh, every time that I've watched it. Because I have watched this movie so many times. I've watched all these on quarantine, actually. No, not on quarantine. When Disney Plus released, I watched all the movies. Again. Such... I, the artwork is fantastic for this part. Especially because I have military members in my family. Like my grandparents, aunts, uncles, what have you. And this is definitely very appropriate of the lot, a lot of the artwork that would be seen. Well, namely at my grandparents' place. So, fun little thing there. And definitely very propaganda-esque. It's supposed to be this wartime propaganda. And it fantastically is. It looks so good. The artwork is so... Make, adding this three-dimensional aspect to these make them even cooler. Like, adds that extra dimension of realness that we didn't have before when we've seen these things just as printed posters. So add some more to it. Great, great movie. Um, the storyline drives the whole time. That my, my only qualm is that CGI bit, really. Um, but written well and the <laughs> this music for Captain America is done quite well I like the musical that they make him be a part of and I just I, every part of the story especially because it feels like you hit a point where you're like okay that's enough movie and you're really only like an hour and 15 hour and 20 minutes into it and there's still so much to go on afterwards but it doesn't feel like it drags at all. Um, but the... The movie overall, fantastic. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say for this one, it gets a 9.1 out of 10. 9.1 out of 10. It's pretty high up. And that's a fantastic rating from me. Um... These are being rated as overall movies, not as just Marvel movies. And I'm definitely going to have one that's going to be, like, within point three of ten. Like I'm going to have a 9.7 for sure. Um, but, yeah, no, really, really good movie. Leaves you wanting more, enough to keep you hooked. And definitely does a very good job at telling you the story of him beforehand and getting you hooked into Captain America. You care about what's going to happen to him. You you feel for him so heavily. 
you feel all the emotions that they want you to feel throughout this movie because they write it out fantastically. Great, great movie. Definitely a good one for getting people into the Marvel Universe as well. It's so rewarding that I saw like most of these movies in the theater. I'm very thankful for that because it ended up being one of the most popular movie franchises of all time. Arguably the most in certain arguments. Anyways, um, hit you with our quick little commercials for the show. Um, Barely Ellen's Comic Book Cove. I do the watch-along tracks, and I also do regular podcasts just talking about nerdy-ass stuff. Submerge, my, submerge myself into nerd cultures, talk about things that are nerdy that I enjoy. Um, been going over all the episodes of Power Rangers currently, and that's been very fulfilling um, going through a series at a time. I actually went back a little bit, so I just kind of fast-forwarded a bit. I'll, po I'll point out when we hit the post credit scene, because um, that might not be exact. I apologize. So check out that podcast. You can see me on Facebook. Uh, link is in the description. I post whenever I'm doing stuff. Um, same thing with Twitter. You can check me out on Twitter. I post whenever I'm doing stuff. Both of them links are in the description. Also, link in the description for my YouTube channel, where I do a 420-friendly podcast um, called A Token Guide to Surviving the Apocalypse, where we have adapted the smoke session in the apocalypse that we are currently dealing with that is known as 2020. So definitely a fun show to come by and check out if that is your jam. Again, link for that in the description. So links for everything into the description. Check me out on Facebook. Like that page so you can see whenever I'm going to be posting stuff. Follow me on Twitter. Same deal. You can see whenever I'm going to be posting stuff. And I try to engage with people on there. So you can give me feedback from the show. Let me know how you feel about everything. Uh, what, what kind of things you think I should do differently. What I should do more of. Uh, what I should keep doing because it actually works out well. Let me know those things because those are the kind of things that I want to know. I want to make this a show that you guys want to listen to. So I welcome any feedback that you have for me. Um, subscribe or follow the show depending on whatever platform you're listening to this on. So you can see whenever I do have new episodes that come out. And if the 420 thing's your jam, go click on that YouTube and subscribe to me on YouTube. And be excited for episodes of that show to come out. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode, though. Uh, we're going to go forward a little bit here to the post credit scene, which we're almost at. So going forward, Captain America will return in the Avengers. And here we are, post credit scene. Him sparring, which the scene we do get in Avengers... I wish the scene wouldn't have been reiterated again because I feel like that's just the bonus that you get for watching all of these movies.
next summer. I don't think I can wait till next summer. I have a feeling it'll probably just be tomorrow. They had to have most of that movie ready at this point, though. For the, for the things that were ready there, things that weren't necessarily in the trailer either. A little bit different. Anyways, fantastic movie. Thank you guys for coming out for this watch-along track for Captain America, the first Avenger. And look forward to doing the Avengers tomorrow well potentially thursday potentially friday we'll see how timing kind of works out but until next time my name is barely allen my name has my name is barely allen and hopefully this made your apocalypse just a little bit easier to deal with thank you folks